Do they still drink hot sauce and eat candy together? I don't know. Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week, what's unknown is how we haven't already covered Roswell. It's kind of shocking. But apparently we haven't, so we're going to do it today. This is one of the lingering big guns. Mm -hmm. I, I would be curious to know, I'm sure there are other like enormous obvious topics that we have somehow not covered over the course of almost 300 shows. Right. Um, but Roswell in particular, is, I guess, is just so notorious. I know. It's shocking that we haven't already done this. Feels like low-hanging fruit. Yeah. So I'm sure there's other stuff. Well, tonight, we mm -hmm. pluck those plums. <laughs> we're going to squeeze them. All right, everybody. We're yep. going to talk about the Roswell incident, mm -hmm. as it's known. Since I'm telling the story of the actual event, I think I'm just going to launch right into Please. it. Um, but I think I need to almost give a disclaimer. There's no way for me to cover all of this. There's oh. just, there, it's just not feasible. There are too no. many conspiracy theories. I'm going to be largely talking about the actual event itself when it initially happened. Yeah. Because there's so much information that has come out over the course of decades since this event took place, where people who were present at the initial Roswell incident in 1947 have later said, um, well, I didn't, I wasn't able to tell everybody what I really saw. Mm -hmm. A lot of that stuff I'm going to assume maybe true Roswell nuts, Roswell heads out there. Yeah. Maybe they know some of these characters I'm going to talk about and how they later said, oh, I saw an alien mm -hmm. and I shook hands with him and hugged him. Right. I'm not including a lot of that stuff. I'm including the actual reports of the era when it first came out. I mean, that's completely understandable. I remember there was a book about Roswell. It might just be straight up called Roswell that came out, I don't know, let's say sometime in the last 10 years. And when I initially heard about it, I was like, oh, I think I'll read that. It is humongous. There's too book. much information. Yeah. And, and it's sort of funny to me because this is a classic sort of, you know, is it a, a government cover up mm -hmm. of an alien crash, whatever. So it, it, sp it can spiral out of control so easily because so much of it plays like hearsay right i'm gonna go on the record as saying i think most of it is hearsay or most of it is likely uh, uh attention mm -hmm. uh, grabbing um but it's gone off in so many different directions of course a book about roswell is going to be enormous yeah uh, i'm going to give you the hits i'm going to give you what you need to know so you at least understand it that's perfect because i know the broad strokes did you know much about this before you researched it i'm gonna say just about nothing yeah i would have known uh uh some of the the ten thousand foot description of the pop culture stuff you're gonna do mm -hmm. in the uh, second half of the episode but the actual event no no i knew i knew the reputation yeah i what i knew well why don't we do it this way do you have a history with roswell or what 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 do you think it is before we really do it I mean, I don't really have a history with it. I guess I've just been aware that there's this sort of lore around there being an alien spaceship crash that the government covered up. Like, I feel like talking about Roswell can also just be a shorthand for a government cover up. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of our kind of like wrote ideas about aliens and alien autopsies and stuff like that all sort of come from the Roswell incident, but I don't know the nitty gritty. Yeah. Yeah. That That's basically what I could have told you. Mm -hmm. It is a really interesting story. I have to say. Cool. Um, one of the other reasons that I've been giving a major disclaimer about not covering everything is uh, we've been putting out shorts. Yeah. We've been putting out short little uh, little short bites on TikTok and Instagram reels and stuff at GTTU, but they're super fun to do. 
Chrissy did uh, the true story of crop circles just the other day. And I loved it. Um, and so did so many people. I mean, it, it, you know, we don't talk usually about numbers on this show, mm-hmm. but it performed pretty damn well. Yeah. Um, but also we got a ton of comments from people being like, uh, try to do better research. That's like not even what happened. Watch ancient aliens, bro. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't even look because no, I actually, I thought of it when I was it's driving, very funny. when I was driving home, I was like, you know, in that thing, I didn't mention at all that like, you know, I'm not saying they created 100% of all crop circles because it is a worldwide phenomena right. um, or it would be phenomenon for that. But um, but I was like, eh, screw it. Well, I don't know. And honestly, to be completely frank, I was like, people are getting mad, but that creates comments, and it was accidental. But I guess I don't really mind stirring the you, pot for a little engagement. Your crop circle short is so heartwarmingly nice because it ends with you being like, I love it. I love aliens, and I love this. I love the true story. It rules. Of these two guys, these two old British men mm-hmm. who, who made this. So I don't know how you feel about me representing our our business this way. I've been Fine. responding to comments and Fine. saying, because they were like, uh, what about all of the crop circles going back thousands of years? And I just started writing, no, that was also elderly men. Yeah. No, uh, no, no, fine. Started being like, Those, that's old man friends. Everything, all around the globe, it's elderly men. Old man BFFs. That all is fine by me. Carte blanche. All right, good. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about the Roswell incident. Um, and uh, uh, sources are going to be in the show notes on gttupod.com. Here was a headline. From July 8th, 1947, in the Roswell Daily Record newspaper, Mm. RAAF, which stands for Roswell Army Airfield, captures flying saucer on a ranch in Roswell region. Cool. Subheadline, no details of flying disc are revealed. Sub-subheadline, Roswell hardware man and wife report disc scene. It was like headlines all the way down, each yeah. of them less interesting. Yeah, was there any article? I know. Just a bunch of <laughs> smaller and smaller headlines. The original announcement, to see in a newspaper a big headline saying they found a flying saucer. Yeah, that had to be crazy that it was in a normal newspaper and not like the Weekly World News. Yeah, I was. it was kind of shocking to see, um, but within a day, that original report was quickly redacted. And the Army Airfield uh, troops ended up explaining this flying saucer yeah. as having having actually been a conventional weather balloon. Okay. And the rest is sort of... His, that is the microcosm from which every conspiracy theory springs. Yeah. A report put out, government army mm-hmm. finds a flying saucer. One day later, uh, no, we didn't weather balloon. And that just gets your imagination working. I can fully, from that teeny tiny little event that that 24 hour period yeah i can see every conspiracy conspiracy theorist going they said it they said a flying saucer but then they redacted it so they're covering it so it's a cover-up it's like a prompt for conspiracy theories a prompt yeah it like it it sets the ball in motion so wait so did the government put out something saying that there was a flying saucer themselves or did the newspaper just say that the army they the- released a press statement that's what i thought i i read something that said that i just want to make sure that was right in my yeah. mind yeah and it was like perfect that's that is very strange. It's very strange. That I mean, the army themselves put out a press statement saying, yes, we found a flying saucer. Yes. And then they went, uh, nope, it was a weather balloon. But there is a very good reason for it. Oh, okay. The Roswell incident itself is very strange because it hit, hit it essentially what I think mm-hmm. might have been the perfect moment 
for a modern piece of myth, a modern folklore to be born. It came at the tail end of something called the flying disc craze. Oh, okay. Without even going any further, I would say it sounds like you're absolutely correct. Yeah. And I ain't talking about Frisbee golf. Poof. We ain't frolfing over here. Okay? Not yet. So 1947, World War II ended two years ago, but there's a new war brewing. Yeah. Right? The Cold War is beginning. Everyone's got like nuclear paranoia. Mm -hmm. This is the paranoia age. June 24th, 1947, Kenneth Arnold, do you know this name? Yes. He is the man who is credited with essentially bringing about the first uh, sightings of UFOs and yeah. leads to the coining of the term flying saucer. Right. He is the 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 grandfather. Yeah, he looms large over all sort of like UFO material. Yes. So uh, uh, essentially, what would this end up being? A month? A little less than a a couple of weeks before Roswell is the Kenneth Arnold sightings. Okay. All right. Yeah, so everybody's primed. Everybody is primed. Everyone's going nuts. This dude, Kenneth Arnold, says, hey, I saw some stuff flying around in the Pacific Northwest. Newspapers take it and run with it. The term flying saucer starts getting used in circulation to describe the, the shape of what Kenneth Arnold essentially said he saw. Um, and Wikipedia actually has a really cool map of sightings that's cool starting on july 24th they put like pins in the top west of the map mm -hmm. uh the top left top west yeah because they're the kenneth arnold sightings in the pacific northwest yeah but then every time you tap an arrow they put more pins on the map for further sightings throughout the weeks oh cool and it's really only a couple of weeks by the time that you get to the roswell incident the map has like a ton of pins in the Pacific Northwest, a ton throughout the Midwest, a bunch yeah. like in New Mexico and Arizona. The point so is interesting. the point is that by the time Roswell happened, we were in the midst of like a trend. Yeah. Of people reporting that they were seeing UFOs and it making headlines. Yeah. This is also it's called the flying disc craze because it's sort of swept up in a mass hysteria. An American hysteria. Sure, you might if you say. will. Um, Go listen to American Hysteria. Yes. Hosted by our friend Chelsea. That's right. Featuring William's voice all the time. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so they found they find a wreckage. All right. On uh, it, it's it's actually it's it's really really weird. Um, Is the balloon boy in it? I wish. <laughs> no, I guess his I weird, don't because I think he'd be his dead. His weird dad. Yeah. Think, yeah. <laughs> when he threw up on TV and then his mom farted. <laughs> my god you know that part too right everyone of knows the balloon boy I threw do. up on camera but do they know that his mom farted i hope that they do look up balloon boy mom fart on youtube look up balloon boy mom fart you're gonna find it yeah <laughs> it's pretty it's awesome you're gonna get exactly what you're looking for yep so here's here's the run-up july 5th 1947 a rancher named ww mac brazel that's a name that's not around anymore. <laughs> Finds debris on his ranch in Corona, New Mexico, mm. just northwest of the Roswell Air Base. Brazel was evidently unaware of the flying disc craze. He lived on a remote farm. He did not have uh, a phone, I guess. He, he did not know that the world was going nuts about flying saucers. Okay, so real he, quick. Brazel would be a good name for a small brazier. I just need a Brazel. You know, like yeah. a, a cigarette is a small cigar. Yeah. A Brazel. Cigarello. What's yeah. that? 
I think it's an even smaller cigarette. Even smaller? How small so. did I get? Yeah. <laughs> so Brazel, not knowing about the UFO craze, basically finds all of this debris on his farm. It's tinfoil, rubber, and thin wooden beams. Hmm. And he basically completely contaminates the crash site. Yeah. Sweeps it all up, pushing it under, quote, some bushes, <laughs> some brush to dispose of it. But then he, within like a day, does hear about the UFO craze and it recontextualizes the wreckage He's that like, he found. Oh. Maybe I just swept up parts of a UFO. So by the 7th, Two days later, he's gone to the sheriff in Roswell, telling him the story. The next day, the 8th, it's brought to Commander Colonel William, uh, to the base commander, mm -hmm. Colonel William Blanchard, uh, who has a, 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 a lieutenant, William Haught, release a statement. So, yeah, crashed things on the are 5th, happening. Dude swept it under some brush. Hears about UFO craze, brings it to the sheriff, brings it to the army base. They release a statement right away. Oh, wow. It's so quite rash. It seems rash and it seems fast. Yeah. On the 9th, the day after the statement is released about how they found a flying saucer, um, they, bring the, they quickly fly the material to a Fort Worth base where a General Ramsey takes one look at it and, quote, identifies the material as pieces of a weather balloon kite. Oh. In like, no, it, the way I read it was certainly, it was, it was as if they were like, my God, we've got to bring this to the, to the general in Fort Worth. You must see these pieces of a flying saucer. And they dump some tinfoil and rubber and sticks yeah. on his table. And the guy just goes, this is a weather balloon, you nincompoop. So what you said before does seem completely true. Like everything just springs from the fact. It seems like that the army released a statement calling it a flying saucer and then rescinded it. Yeah, very It sounds quickly. like, at least so far, all the other facts just point to it straight up being a weather balloon. Absolutely. Holy guacamole. It seems like it's a weather balloon. Uh-huh. So um, I, I looked up a little bit of um, weather balloons themselves. Um, they're made of tinfoil, rubber. Okay. <laughs> sticks. Wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're made out of everything that the guy had in that his brush. W. W. Mac Brazel found. <laughs> They're made of that. They go up and do a bunch of stuff in the air, uh, from weather forecasting to wind speed and uh, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But the I, I was sort of surprised to find out that still today, over nine hundred locations around the globe still release weather balloons multiple times per day. Hmm. They are designed to go up, get data. Tran transmit it back and then dissolve. Oh, okay. And the wreckage out. of it just falls somewhere. Oh. There are kind of like Dorothy from Twister. Sure, like Dorothy from Twister. Yeah, that's the machine they make with little things that go up and measure stuff in a twister. Oh, okay. I was genuinely picturing Dorothy Gale. Well, that's why it's named Dorothy. Ah, uh, right. It's very mm -hmm. clever. Yeah. Um, but so uh the point is. Um, this stuff happens all the time. Uh, evidently in the area, they had been releasing weather balloons. Um, and so they've got to land somewhere. It's some Roanoke shit. Yeah, it's some Roanoke shit. Yeah, for sure. Mystery solved right now, here. Now, here's what's sort of fun. So this yeah. was 1947. It's the end of the flying disc craze. Mm -hmm. There have been so many sightings and so much conversation for a few weeks that it all just sort of bursts. The bubble bursts. Yeah. The weather balloon bursts. And people stop 
talking about it. Mm -hmm. They don't care anymore. It was temporary. Yeah, they're just kind of over it. Attention dies down for 30 years. Okay. Then, February 1978, P.S., can you believe that the attention on Roswell is barely older than us. Yeah. Isn't that kind of shocking? That is weird. It feels like it's been around forever, but it only became newly popular again the decade before we're born. Surprised to hear that. (coughs) I assumed that it was just going on all this time since 1947. Nope. 30-year break from when it happened to when people started caring again. Hmm. UFO researcher Stanton Friedman interviews Jesse Marcel, who was the only person confirmed to have accompanied the wreckage material when it was sent from Roswell to Fort Worth. The story given by Jesse Marcel reignites interest because evidently on some level it contradicts things that he had said 30 years prior, but nothing, nothing, you know, hyper notable that I picked up on Mm -hmm. just, it's, it started to make people sort of perk their ears up, but it keeps going. 1980, a book called The Roswell Incident by Charles Berlitz and William L. Moore is published. Um, Here are some quotes about it. The book's narrative holds that an alien craft was flying over the New Mexico desert observing U.S. nuclear weapons activity, but crashed after being hit by lightning, killing the aliens on board. A government cover-up duly followed. Okay, where, where are they getting this from? I... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> historian, but they said it. Historian Kathy Olmsted writes that the book's narrative has come to be known as version one of the Roswell myth. Berlitz and Moore's narrative was dominant until the late 1980s when other off- authors, attracted by the commercial potential of writing about Roswell, started producing rival accounts. Many alleged firsthand accounts of the Roswell incident actually contain information from the Aztec New Mexico UFO incident, a hoaxed flying saucer crash, which gained uh, national notoriety after being promoted by journalist Frank Scully in his articles and a 1950 book, Behind the Flying Saucers. The hoax included stories of humanoid bodies and metals with unusual properties. Huh. So a nearby hoax in New Mexico may have fueled parts of the misremembered or contrived grandiose Roswell incident that became popular in the 80s. And I wonder if it also, I mean, I'm sure it all has shock waves that reverberate all the way to today, but the ideas of metals with unusual properties is still definitely a thing. 100%. I, I wasn't there at some point we talked about it on the show and years and years ago, didn't Tom DeLong say that he has medals with properties that don't make sense at like a facility in Vegas or something? Oh, I don't know. Does remember. that ring a bell? Eh. Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> you, eh. UFO stuff is typically so mm-hmm. far from my milieu yeah. that I, that I, I, it doesn't really stick in my mind all that much. I was thinking about why as well. It's sort of weird. Like I gravitate so much more toward ghosts. Same. Because they're so emotionally um, relatable. And yeah. aliens, there's genuinely no, we've, we've never seen one. Right. There is no knowing about them. And right. I assume that the government is flying bizarre crafts all the time. Yeah. So I look at UFOs, even the confirmed stuff lately. Mm-hmm. And I sort of have it tucked. I'm like, it's tucked away as like, that's interesting. Hopefully there'll be more information that confirms one way or another. Well, I think part of the thing maybe is that it's almost a foregone conclusion that we will never be able to prove whether ghosts are real or not. True. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not Probably. happening. Right. 
Yeah, probably. You know, you could perhaps, if they are real, that we could find proof of them. Like yeah. we're because we're saying that these are at least physical things in some way. At least some things. There are a lot of theories that are a little bit more out there about them being metaphysical or kind of being conjured in a way. In but, interdimensional beings in point of fact. Exactly. But in the way that most people think about them, it's something that would be a physical thing that you could actually see were it to exist. Right, true. And that's just a little bit less interesting and fascinating in a way. Yeah. Still weird, but there's a little bit less mystery to it because it's at least something that if it's there, we can prove it. Yeah. Potentially. That's Ghosts, a good point. it's like never happening. And also, they're potentially a little bit more threatening than ghosts are because of their physicality. And because it becomes some sort of a, 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 a you know, a nation. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like a government planet. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it it's less, feels like it leads to, uh, to war. Right. There's no ghost war. No, it's not, it's not as much fun to speculate about because. Siri, take right. a note. Remind me to write the ghost war. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me to write Ghost War 2. Even better, Ghost War 666. Oh, <gasps> William. Can you imagine? I can't. Can you imagine? Um, I just uh, pulled up for for you to look at and our our live viewers. This is this is Jesse Marcel with Bits of the Wreckage. All right, so this is a, you know, super old picture, black and white of an army guy holding up pieces of tin foil. It is essentially like, it looks like those foil blankets. Or, yeah, it looks like foil blankets or like mylar balloons. Literally mylar balloons. Yes. Yeah. Which, which I do believe mylar is used for like, I don't know, like solar or whatever. I, I think it's sure. used in the space shuttle okay. is my sort of point. So mm -hmm. like I, I completely envision this something that is man-made yeah. that went up and fell down. And there's like a pile of rubber. You can see sort of the, the sticks. Nothing about this, like when you think about like a UFO or something, right? And there are later there are later reports about people explaining the Roswell incident as having, you know, they found pieces of a spaceship that didn't look like it used any welding, mm -hmm. didn't use any tools that man has ever created. This picture of the actual stuff, it's like crinkly Reynolds wrap. It's torn to shreds. It doesn't seem terribly durable. I don't yeah. know how any extraterrestrials are getting here in that. I barely trust this thing to keep my Toblerone fresh. <laughs> this is not something that P2 <laughs> flew to planet Earth in. You know what I mean? There's no way. There's no way. Although, we don't know what P2's makeup is. Maybe P2 is like the size of a, um, what do you call those things? There was a TV show about them. They're actually shrimp. Smurfs. No. Something. <laughs> sea monkeys. Sea monkeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't there something culty about sea monkeys? Does that ring a bell? I don't know. There's like a dark underbelly to the sea monkeys. And I'm not just talking about their dark underbellies. <laughs> you mean that dark line? You know what that is, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> remove the line. All right, so let's drill more into um, one of these particular characters. I, I followed someone down a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Lieutenant Walter Haut, H-A-U-T, okay. who was originally assigned to put together the statement about a flying saucer. Um, he ended up being pretty mocked um, because he was the guy who essentially released the statement. Um, but he would eventually go on to uh, be one of the founders of the International UFO Museum and Research Center in Roswell. Oh. So you can make fun of him, but maybe right. he knows something that we do not know. Um, he just drafted the release. Uh, he did not witness the crash. Mm -hmm. He was not even permitted to view the wreckage, and he asked, but he was evidently turned down. So he 
basically typed something up on a typewriter. Yeah. In 2000, he claimed to, quote, have personally viewed an extraterrestrial or alien craft and a body in a Roswell Army airfield base hangar. Hmm. So. Why a turnaround? Why not flip that card a little earlier? In a huge turnaround, which would lead you to believe that this guy is. Right. This is 50 years later. Right. 50 Maybe his NDA ran out. Later. Maybe. I, it's so easy to look at this and be like, people are making money off of this. You mm-hmm. created a museum. I'm sure you charge entry. Right. Museums scream some sort of, you know, like educational purpose and, and credibility. Yeah, but not necessarily. Not necessarily. And, and, you know, I'm not trying to cast aspersions. Allegedly, <laughs> this is all, you know, uh, theoretical. Sure. 50 years later, the guy who drafted the release and was tangentially involved mm-hmm. says, oh, I saw not only a craft, but a body. Yeah. It feels like showmanship. Right. But, Kristen, you're a chump for thinking that. Hey. In an affidavit released after his death in 2005, he revealed he had been holding back information. Mm. Quote, in his affidavit, Hot stated that on July 8th, 1947, following the press release he put out in the afternoon, he was taken out to a base hangar by Colonel Blanchard. There he saw an egg-shaped craft about 15 feet long and several small bodies about four feet tall with large heads in it. He was convinced the bodies were alien and had come from a crashed spacecraft. He would eventually claim... That the in the affidavit, yeah. not beyond the grave, uh-huh. <laughs> that the military essentially revealed the weather balloon a day later as a means of walking back. Okay, that so it kind was of a, a cover. Up. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. we can give them the weather balloon. Right. We know. do have this. Right. When uh, was this affidavit <clears throat> put together? I don't know when it was put together, but it was only it was only released once he died. Yeah. Like, and I believe it was meant not to be released until mm-hmm. he had passed away. Um, when asked during a 25, oh, this is fun. This president's commenting on, on Roswell a yeah. little bit, uh, during a 2015 interview with GQ magazine about whether or not he had, uh, looked at top secret classified information, Barack Obama replied, I got to tell you, it's a little disappointing. <laughs> People always ask me about Roswell and the aliens and the UFOs. And it turns out the stuff going on that's top secret isn't nearly as exciting as you expect. In this day and age, it's not as top secret as you'd think, which is yeah. interesting. And uh, I thought this was worth quoting. I know, I know. In June 2020, mm-hmm. then President Donald Trump, when asked if he would consider releasing more information about the Roswell incident, said, I won't talk to you about what I know about it, but it's very interesting. <laughs> okay. Which is the same horse shit yeah <laughs> that you expect out of that man's flaps totally uh, garbage um <laughs> will and i were talking about that time that he said that you have to flush a toilet 10 to 15 times yeah last night and like he, he will was like what do you think the deal is like yeah, what do you think was he really actually happening? is flushing a toilet that many times and i said no i think he just says things sometimes he, he just gets carried away and i'm sure that's the exact same thing i can't tell you what i know but it's very interesting it's like it's just words it's just showmanship yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. he's, he's a, an actor really yeah. right uh he's like he's like reagan that way yeah both jackasses so uh 1994 this I thought was pretty damning uh, a report was fully released that explained Roswell oh. and it still it still works for anybody who believes the conspiracy stuff yeah. you can never disprove that ultimately right, right? right. like 
this episode I almost want to put out being like the end all be all. No one even needs to talk about Roswell anymore. We cut. People are going to be talking about this forever because there are so many avenues to go down. And by the way, I'm sure somebody could show me some literature that would change my life. And I'd be like, oh, huh, okay, interesting. Maybe there's something else. I dare you to try. Show me some literature (laughs) because I will not believe it. I guarantee it. No, I really won't either. But Um, So a a paper was put out uh, explaining that what happened at Roswell was the crash of not just a weather balloon, a nuclear test surveillance balloon from Project Mogul. No. Yes. Oh my God. Project Mogul was all about this balloon that you could put up that had microphones on it Mm -hmm. to try to hear the Russians working on nuclear weapons. Doesn't that sound stupid now? Yeah, it sounds so stupid. (laughs) So like put it up there with like a a shitty little 1947 microphone. Yeah, right. Garbage. I don't know how that could work, but garbage. Some yeah. scientists figured it out, and I bet it worked. I but... know it just sounds so silly. Like you just float up a microphone to what eavesdrop. If we float a microphone in the sky? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Perfect. We'll give you fifty million dollars to try it, Doctor Scientist. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was. It was a. It was a balloon. One way or another, did it have a microphone or not is really the question now. <laughs> but that is the Roswell incident as it happened. The, the initial sort of reports of it. Yep. If you want to find the conspiracy theory stuff. Oh, it's out there. You will not have a hard time. But now you You'll have like a it. nice baseline. Look in the comments of this video. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, the, if the UFO people don't enjoy this, they'll, they'll type. Yeah. Um, they'll type. They'll, oh, they'll type. All right. Uh, can I just tell you one final yes, uh, thing? Please. Uh, justice for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I agree. Sick of the jokes. There's no fourth <laughs> Indiana Jones movie. It's not just offensive to me because, yes, there is. It's offensive to me because how many times have you heard that joke? I know. It's enough already. Enough with that it's just one tired. joke. I'm sleepy now. Yeah. So Indiana Jones 4 takes place in 1957, 10 years after. Arena Spalco takes Indiana Jones to Area 51, a big warehouse that might look a little familiar if you've ever seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I have, no big deal. And they sort of hit you over the head with it. (laughs) But uh, this is what she wants Indiana Jones to find for her in the warehouse. Object we seek, rectangular storage container. Dimensions, 2 meters by 0.5 meters by 66 centimeters. Contents of box, mummified remains. My God, of what? Indy says, why would I have any idea what you're talking about? (laughs) And then she explains, because 10 years ago, you were part of the team that examined it. Mm -hmm. And then Indy knows what she's saying. And he looks, he goes from being sort of smug to getting a little serious for a second. He goes, no, wait a minute. And they put a gun in his face to get him to play ball. Uh, He uh, reveals that the contents of the case are highly magnetized. In order to find it, he needs all of their bullets. And so he can like drop them on the ground and they'll roll down the aisles of this warehouse to wherever this thing is, which is a little silly, but really fun. Yeah. They end up finding a inside of a crate, a rubber death shroud. And when they cut it open, a steamy, crinkly, long fingered hand flops out. It's the Kick corpse ass. of an alien. Yeah. Uh, when Indy is eventually uh, gets away from the, the villains and gets picked up by the G men, uh, he explains, uh, more of the sort of backstory of him being involved with Roswell. He goes, oh, that Air Force fiasco in 47. I was tossed into a bus with blacked out windows and 20 people I wasn't allowed to speak to. 
hauled out in the middle of the night in the middle of nowhere on some urgent recovery project and shown what? Pieces of wreckage and an intensely magnetic shroud covering mutilated remains? None of us was ever given the full picture, and we were threatened with treason if we ever talked about it. Mm. Oh. So he goes, so you tell me what was in the box? Yeah. And Neil Flynn from Scrubs refuses to say. Oh my God. And Charles Widmore from Lost is there, and he's friends with Indy. <gasps> so much happens. It's a lot going on. They also scrub him with brushes, and he's nudie. Yeah. And they start to scrub his groin, and he lifts the brush to go on his tummy again. <laughs> and he pronounces uh, nuclear as nuclear. Oh, surprising that that they let that slip in. It's very surprising. Well, what are you going to do? There you go. All right, so I am going to tell you about some pop culture that's been influenced by Roswell. But first, we want to make sure that you know about an awesome way to support us, which is by going to patreon.com slash gttupod and signing up over there for one of our tiers. We have a whole bunch of different ones, so it can fit your financial comfort, your interest level, and you can get a number of bonus episodes every week or every month or bi-weekly. We have a whole second podcast called The Netherworld Dispatch that you can only get through Patreon. It is a very good time. Mm -hmm. We have so much fun over there. There are over 90 episodes going. No matter what tier you join, you get instant access to everything that's already out there. Yep. Um, and this past Monday's episode was a review and full discussion of Scream the TV series season three. Right. This was kind of a clunker that aired on VH1, and we watched it. We watched we it. We watched it. We fell asleep during it. We tell you, oh, well, not we, Kristen. Well, Kristen literally fell asleep during it, evidently. Yes. Uh, but you can hear all about it. it. It starts spoiler free, so have no fear, but then dive right in. And with that, we've covered almost every single extended universe mm -hmm. Scream stuff there is Yeah. before Scream 6 comes out next month at this point that's right and we actually have a little scream tag on patreon so it's searchable you can find everything that we've talked about having to do with the series which is awesome i think yeah. it's very appropriate that we specifically have a way to find all of the scream material <laughs> right and it's a lot oh yeah it's in the teens the number of episodes we have about scream over there teen screams that's right go check it out season three it's a dump <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty tough. We also have a Discord that's only for our Patreon members, and it's awesome. It's basically a chat room, and there are people talking in there every single day, and it's so, so nice. So It's great. Have have fun with it. Patreon.com slash pod, and we thank you so much for your support. We really, really appreciate you all. Yeah. Okay. So, Roswell, I want to tell you about the teen TV show yeah. that came out. Oh, you were ready to go. Oh, I'm, I'm on it. Did you, so Will put up a picture of uh, like a poster from the show behind us. How did you know I was going to do this? I assumed. <laughs> it, seemed, it seemed pretty clear to me. Of course I would. Uh, so this show called Roswell premiered in 1999 on the WB, which was Channel 11, is now the CW, and it went on for three seasons. Did you, do you have any memory of this? very barely it must have been i must have been watching something at the time mm -hmm. so i would see commercials for it periodically yeah but even when this i think buffy was still on was buffy still on mm -hmm. uh i i for some reason it didn't interest me i don't know if it was the alien thing because again yeah. aliens are not really my go-to yep maybe it was just that but something about it i just was not drawn to yeah same i i remember watching it for at least a few episodes but 
not not many. I just kind of have a vague memory of seeing some of it. Uh, it starred Kat, as far as like the people who are still famous today. It starred Katherine Heigl, Colin Hanks, and I thought I mentioned Shiri Appleby um, because some people know her from this show called Unreal that was about reality TV that was like kind of a cult hit from a few years ago, and she's huh. been in some other things as well. It was based on a YA young adult book series called Roswell High by Melinda Metz, and it was part of a boom of supernatural shows on the WB like Charmed, Buffy, and Angel. Okay. So here is the synopsis of, of the show from the Roswell Wiki. For the past 10 years, Max Evans, his sister Isabel, and his best friend Michael Guerin have been living a somewhat normal existence with their hybrid biology of human and alien human and alien dna helping them to fit in what they they're part alien yes how it starts yes surviving descendants from beings on board the fiery crash of an alien spacecraft that popular legend says plummeted to the desert in 1947 so they you know crashed here during the roswell incident the three teenagers have grown up quietly among the roswell residents since emerging from incubation Their peaceful existence was shattered the day Max forged an otherworldly connection with fellow classmate Liz Parker by using his mysterious powers to heal her gunshot wound, putting aside a pact of secrecy and ultimately risking his own life. With this simple twist of fate, their secret was sacrificed and their identity exposed, forced to trust Liz and her best friends uh, Maria DeLuca and Alex Whitman in order to stay one step ahead of forces from this world and beyond that would do anything to destroy them. They are also aided by Sheriff Valenti, who is driven by a very personal need to learn the truth about what happened on that fateful night in 1947. How old is he? Well, he wasn't alive then in 14. Well, maybe he was a lot. No, he's not that old. But guess what? Oh, I'm okay. going to address that because <clears throat> here's what I said. What's going on here? Yeah, what I've is got that? a lot of questions. Questions I have from this. <laughs> What's the deal with the crash? Who incubated them? I know. There, there, they were eggs in the crash and they sat around waiting to hatch? No, no, not exactly. Incubate makes it sound, you know, you think of eggs or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. but... They were in some sort of pods. So the three aliens we follow, Max, Isabel, and Michael, were actually alien royalty from the planet Antar. Awesome. See, this is some good alien stuff. Yeah. And this, again, I I usually wouldn't flock to, but I'm very glad that they just go ahead and say we're from the planet Antar. So the thing is, I don't know if that's established (laughs) off the bat. I'm gathering from the series. Yeah, I don't so care. So for all That's I know, fine. things started to slow down in season three, and they were like, uh, Antar. Antar. Not sure. Return to Antar. Right. But I just figured I'd give a little overview. Uh, the aircraft carrying their biological clones... Cra- I couldn't find information about this. I initially <laughs> took this to mean that there were human-looking clones made of their DNA that were these people. That's what I thought. Not so. Uh, some sort of biological material crashed in Roswell in the 40s and after the craft is taken by the army to study a pilot took the clones and hid them in something called the pod chamber which is hidden in a rock formation then they emerge 40 years later disguised as human children so the clones it's a pretty weren't good disguise hum- it's a great disguise for where they landed so the clones themselves that implies to me were not in human form they disguised themselves to emerge. Yeah, and emerge they did. I think. Uh, with no memory of the intricacies of their former lives. Oh, so they're 
cloned royalty but don't know that right. they're kings and queens of right. Antar. They know that they're aliens, but they didn't know about their royal status. Yeah. Now something... The king of queens, the king of Antar. Oh, my God. <laughs> what does this all mean? <laughs> Probably a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well... It might, because something very mysterious happened during my research. I couldn't find any clips of this show to clarify. What? You can find trailers, and you can find, like, fan-made, like, trailers and things like that. But I couldn't just find, like, a clip here or there. Really? A commercial of the show. So I'm doing my best without additional context. But where are these things? That's fine. Kristen, they may have disappeared, or perhaps we got merged with some other universe where we no, remember the show existing, but... I think they're burying it. I think that everybody in the government is so afraid of the Roswell incident, they're even taking a look at the WB show and stifling things. You think so? I yeah. mean, it says it's on Hulu. <laughs> that's true. I couldn't find clips. Okay, that's an important distinction. I said. Okay, because I, 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 I basically found it right away. Look, I, saw, I also <laughs> saw that it was on Hulu. Okay. Not going to lie to you. All right. But you know how YouTube has tons of clips of things? Yeah. And even sometimes if you go to Google and you hit the videos tab, you'll find some weird ass website. What? This show starred Jason Bear and mm -hmm. Brendan Fair. Oh. B-E-H-R-F-E-H-R. -E -E well, what does that mean? That only raises more questions. Bear, Fair, and Appleby? All in one thing? Hmm. I don't know if we should be talking about this. I don't know. All right, moving on. Another question I had. What's Sheriff Valenti's personal connection? Yeah. So I just quoted this straight from the wiki because it's like kind of involved. So why paraphrase it? His father was also the sheriff of Roswell, and he was ridiculed for his insistence that aliens live among humans. Gotcha. Valenti inherited from his father an old autopsy photograph from the 1950s of a body killed by inexplicable means with a silver handprint on the chest. So, when Max the alien saved Liz, who worked at a diner called The Crashdown, and was all themed, like the Roswell of this is very, like, themey and fun, and I think that the real Roswell might be as well, because on multiple pages of the the wiki fandom page, which will be, you know, linked in the show notes, it's the thing we use all the time, like yeah, yeah. wiki.fandom.com or whatever, it would say, uh, this isn't totally accurate because the street lights aren't green and shaped like aliens. Like it was on it was like that on like every page. And That's I was funny. like, we got it, guy. Yeah. Uh so so when so Liz That's is like shot, living in Salem though, or something, right? Yeah. Like that's that's kind of fun to have your town be sort of like themed to its reputation. I think it's awesome. So somehow this girl Liz who worked at the diner um got caught in the crossfire of a gun being shot and Max saved her with his alien powers and left a silver handprint on her stomach where he healed her. It's just like oh. what happens or whatever. So someone sees this and tells the sheriff. So the sheriff thinks Max is an alien bad guy because he saw this photo from the fifties of a murdered person with a silver handprint. But over time he sees, he comes to see that he's an alien good guy. Right. So they form an alliance. Um, so this is some behind the scenes stuff sort of, or just like out of show context that I thought was kind of interesting. Apparently the show was very romance based in the beginning. It sounds like Twilight with an alien. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Kind of. Maybe that's why I didn't really keep watching it. Um, but it wasn't working super well. So later on, just even in season one, they brought in more science fiction storylines and multi-episode arcs, just connecting things. Okay. The show started getting a major cult fan base when that happened, even though the ratings weren't great. 
Those fans were apparently really into the sci-fi elements because that's when it picked up and began a campaign to try to get the, ne the network to put more emphasis on those storylines by sending bo bottles of Tabasco sauce en masse to network offices because the aliens in the show love Tabasco. Oh. It worked, and they brought on veteran sci-fi writer Ronald D. Moore as a producer and showrunner for season two. Wow. So here is a New York Post article about the campaign from the time. It's really quick, and I just thought, yeah, I, no, I think it's I, fun. I think this is awesome. So this is from April 7th, 2000, and the headline is, Roswell's on the ropes, so can Hot Sauce save this show? The fans of Roswell are giving WB execs heartburn in their efforts to get the teen angst sci-fi series renewed for a second season. Spurred on by a fan site, Crashdown.com, Roswell loyalists began sending WB execs bottles of Tabasco sauce last month, fearing the ratings challenge show might not return next season. It started out as a letter writing campaign, but then the hot sauce idea seemed like a natural, said Darian Wilson, a Colorado college student who oversees Crashdown.com. Why Tabasco sauce? Because the alien teens in Roswell, descendants of those other Roswell aliens, slurp the stuff down when they're eating sweets. Hey, it's an alien thing. We have about 7,000 members on our message board, and we started, by, we started out by sending Tabasco to WB executives, Wilson said. And then people began actually ordering the Tabasco from our website and having it delivered directly to the WB. <laughs> we sent in a bulk order of 700 bottles of Tabasco last week, Wilson said. It's been a huge grassroots campaign. And one that hasn't gone unnoticed. How could it? By the WB, which has been, to borrow a Seinfeld phrase, re-gifting its 2,100 plus bottles of Tabasco to uh, Tabasco sauce to TV journalists. The campaign immediately brought a smile to our face, said WB spokesman Brad Terrell. It was a pleasant surprise to see people who are passionate about our programming. We've still got plenty of Tabasco left over here for a chili cook-off. Oh, <laughs> all right. Did they and ever have their chili cook-off? Unclear. Oh, okay. I didn't find a follow-up. But it seemed to move the needle because, first of all, they moved Roswell from, like, a crappy spot during the week to a better spot. Yeah, yeah. And it did get renewed, and they hired that dude. So it did something. However, ratings continued to decline, and it was canceled in its second season uh, on the WB. It got brought back for the third season on UPN, but it didn't get good ratings there either, so it was canceled for good. Okay. Well, they tried. Yeah. Honestly, the, the fan campaign thing is awesome. Like, I love it's that. It's great that they were able to orchestrate that. I know. And that the network actually felt like it demonstrated an interest. Yeah. Especially, like, you think about that coupled with, like, the way that shows keep getting canceled or dropped mm -hmm. or pulled from all these services and stuff. I know. Like, man, if you love something, you've really got to back it, rep it. Pull Stand the Tabasco out. I mean, yeah. the thing that's tricky about it is that, yeah, it's amazing that these people were so passionate about it. Yeah. But if it's just, if they're looking at literal just numbers, it's great that these people are so passionate, but that doesn't help the ratings. It just means that these people are obsessed, which rules. Which is awesome, yeah. Um, well, but it got them something at least for the short term. It got totally. them Totally. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's, I love it, but I can also see where it's like, Damn, it's just like not quite enough. We just needed more people to know about it. Yeah. Um, so there was a revival in 2019 called Roswell, New Mexico. Oh. Interestingly, interestingly, William, Tyler Blackburn from Pretty Little Liars is in the show as an Air Force vet. Second appearance of Tyler Blackburn on Guides the Unknown. I do find that interesting. Right. 
Uh, so kind of unusual for TV, I thought. It keeps all of the characters' names. Like, it's pretty much like a remake. They end oh. up changing some something, so it's not really perfect. But I was surprised to see that it wasn't just like a conceptual revival. All the characters' names are the same. It follows at least some of the same beats. Like, you know, Liz gets shot. Max saves her. Um, and then they, you know, kind of go out from there. But instead of it being a reimagining, um, it's like very remakey, and I was surprised by that. Do they do they still drink hot sauce and eat candy together? I don't know. This is a, a trope that I'm not sure of. Like a character that like I bet not eats crazy food. Like I'm sure on Third Rock from the yeah, like song they were eating. Yeah, like Elf. Yeah. I bet there was at least there had to be a nod. I'm sure at least somebody is putting Tabasco on the regs. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Right. But I don't know. I mean, maybe they are. I have no idea. Um, so it ended after four seasons, even though the reception seems like it was pretty mixed for its full okay. run. But similarly, it does have a fan. Ba- I mean, it just ended, I think, last year. Um, wow. I don't think I even knew about it. Four I, I seasons, did. though, means it got further than the original yeah. season did, series did. Yeah. And there are people who really, really love it. Cool. So it That's also great. has a pretty rabid fan base. So it turns out that there was also a Roswell movie, a Roswell TV movie. Oh. Starring a friend of ours, Kyle McLaughlin. No kidding. Yep. Oh, wow. Also some other friends, Martin Sheen, Mr. Bookman, and the old millionaire from Dead Silence. The old millionaire from Dead Silence. Oh, I like that old millionaire. Me too. And their names, Mr. Bookman, is Philip Baker Hall, and the old millionaire is Bob Gunton. Philip Baker Hall just died recently. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Um, So here is the summary of the movie from Wikipedia. Beginning at a 30-year reunion for members of the 509th Operations Group, flashbacks are presented that follow the attempts of Major Jesse Marcel to discover the truth about strange debris found on a local rancher's field in July 1947. Told by his superiors that what he has found is nothing more than a downed weather balloon, Marcel maintains his military duty until the weight of the truth, however out of this world it may be, forces him to piece together what really occurred. I can't find clips of this movie either beyond the trailer. <laughs> they don't want you to see it. What are they hiding? And also, this one isn't streaming. They're hiding this turkey. Mm-hmm. That's what they're hiding. Some, no, it was not a turkey. How do you know? Because it got good reviews from the New York Times, Variety, and the LA Times. So it wasn't a turkey. It was very well received. The truth is out there. It's 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 got to be somewhere. I guess. I Again, you know, Google, hit the videos tab, not full movie. I don't I, know. I, I that is very that it. is very weird. I mean, it is also a Showtime movie from 1994, <laughs> and it got good reviews, but it's not like it was like a classic. I just I don't I don't like stuff disappearing. To be honest, I don't yeah. like stuff disappearing. Yeah. I, even if I don't watch it, I don't like that it's gone. Hopefully, it's, it's, it's on DVD you know, it's, or something. I'm sure I'm sure it is. Get, I get your DVDs, everybody. Yeah, get your BVDs. Um, and poop. I'm crying about <laughs> this not being available. So. <laughs> questions that i had based on this synopsis yeah uh does the fact that it's set at a reunion and then shows flashbacks mean they put everyone in old age makeup then let them look their age in flashbacks yes again couldn't find footage but found an interview that confirmed it since i couldn't find a ton about the movie itself i uh thought i would find the star's opinions on the roswell incident at least in 1994 when they were doing press for well they're gonna say that they don't know Well, you know, yes. Uh, So Kyle McLaughlin, quote, 
I personally have never seen a flying saucer, he says gravely. This is from the LA Times article. There are people who have seen something. Obviously, something has moved them. Maybe the debris came from some hush-hush military experiment, and that's why they removed all the traces of the crash. Maybe they withdrew the press release about finding a flying saucer so the military wouldn't be a laughing stock. It does strike me as odd that such an effort was made. There's no denying that those people saw something. Martin Sheen. I wish it were true. I really do. I'd love there to be ETs, as long as they were better creatures than we are. Wow. Mm-hmm. Marty. Martin Sheen. Pretty deep. So that's it about that movie, pretty much. The trailer is out there. You can watch it. It looks like it might be fun. There's like kind of a cheesy looking alien on like an autopsy table and like Kyle McLaughlin like trying to get to it and stuff. That's fun. Um, Mr. Bookman's in it a lot. So that's nice. Probably in it most out of all the people you mentioned, aside from the old millionaire. (laughs) Maybe. And the last thing that I want to mention, uh, which actually I started out thinking that this was going to be the focus of my part of the show, and it ended up not being a huge deal, is that there's a little bit of a Roswell storyline in the greater Twin Peaks universe. Oh. Speaking of Kyle MacLachlan. Great. So uh, one of the creators of Twin Peaks, Mark Frost, wrote two books about the show. Uh, one called The Secret History of Twin Peaks and the second called The Final Dossier. Yeah. And they uh, bookended the release of Twin Peaks The Return when it came out in 2017, yeah, I believe it was. something like that, yeah. Um, so in The Secret History of Twin Peaks, which gives backstory about characters from the show. So even like minor characters, like somebody named Dougie Milford, who appears in season two of Twin Peaks as an older man who marries a young hottie grifter named Lana gets this like drawn out, really interesting, really awesome backstory in the book. So you see him as this kind of like doddering guy who gets taken for a ride in the series. And then through Mark Frost's book, you find out that he's like a military hero and he lived this whole really interesting life before the events of the TV show Twin Peaks showed us. Um, So in the book, it turns out that he was heavily involved in the cover-up of the Roswell incident, as well as a ton of later UFO and supernatural activity in the Twin Peaks area and beyond. That's great. Yeah, so I misremembered it as like a lot of Dougie Milford's story being all about Roswell, but it's not. And the book is kind of like laid out in this multimedia way where you will read. You know, so th- there's like a premise that there is a an FBI agent who is kind of like compiling all of this information about different characters from or people from the Twin Peaks area. And you are reading these files that this agent has compiled. And so it'll be the agent's notes. It'll be um, excerpts from interviews that are like, you know, you're looking at like photocopy pages or whatever. And so the Roswell thing is Dougie Milford being interviewed after um, being called down to the Roswell crash scene. Cause I believe that he was like working in the area and doing almost sort of, I'm just saying this from memory, almost sort of like a security detail. Like he was doing something for the military where he wasn't like in the middle of anything at the moment. And they were like, hey, something happened. Come check it out. And then the military wanted to talk to him after it was all kind of wrapped up and be like, what do you know exactly? And they're sort of leading him to say that like nothing really happened. And then the end of the transcript is him being like, well, why don't we talk? Because I have some more to say. And basically paraphrasing, he wanted to leverage that into a better position in the military. Oh, cool. 
and it is intimated through however it's done, whether it's the notes of the compiler or whatever, that he did so and became part of uh, Project Sign, which was like a group that was managing and quieting talk of UFO stuff or just supernatural stuff in general. Huh. And that was a job he held for a long time. That's cool. So yeah, it was really neat. That is interesting. Mm -hmm. Especially because Twin Peaks ends up getting so enmeshed with the concept of like Project Blue Book. Yeah. There is a big UFO streak mm -hmm. going through Twin Peaks. Yeah, which definitely. Which is kind of fun. And especially in these books. The, yeah. These books are like very UFO heavy. Um, but I like love them. They're so good. Yeah. I remember really it hit like when I was, it was, it was like the height of my Twin Peaks mm -hmm. interest. Yeah. And those books came out. We did them on an old, old, old show, mm -hmm. but man, I loved them. I like really tore into them. They, yeah. They were like the Blair Witch dossiers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're like found footage books. Yeah. They're fully awesome. They are weird because the continuity doesn't always work between the books and the TV show. Yeah. But that was almost fun because it kind of led to more speculation where it was like, well, is this in a different universe or yeah. whatever? So while I'm saying Dougie Milford of the show is the same Dougie Milford who did this UFO stuff, is he? Is he? Is it like, uh, you know, uh, you know, they, they were sort of hinting at a multiverse type mm -hmm. of thing before multiverses became the, yeah. the sort of like hot topic they are right now. Um, but also Twin Peaks is like such a strange series because it's two different. Mm -hmm. like creators with yeah. their own vantage point of the community of Twin Peaks. Like David Lynch, it's all sort of like impulse and suggestion mm -hmm. and surreality. Yeah. And Mark Frost, I think, is a lot more sort of like conventional um, mythology. Yeah, in some way. Like it seems like David Lynch is very cool with things just being left unsaid. Yeah. And Mark Frost wants to say the things, but he doesn't mind bending it. So the reason that people think that there is a continuity deal with them is not just because it's like, oh, maybe Dougie Milford did this stuff in another universe. It's because there are stories that were told in the actual show that don't match up with what's yeah. in the book. Yeah. Um and that's not an accident. No, it's not. It's, you know, it's the all creator very made it. Yeah. It's so it's awesome. Super cool. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll figure out how to handle Twin Peaks. That would just be fun to talk about. I know. I love it. All right, everybody. Well, I think that's going to do it for us talking about Roswell this week. Yeah, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that. And like we said, if you like the show and you want to help support us and perhaps more importantly to you, get like a ton more of it, like another side of the show, please go to patreon.com slash pod. We would love to have you there and we super appreciate everybody who's there already. So thank you. Yeah, just keep the party going. Mm -hmm. Stick around for a while. Why not? Yeah. Uh, thank you all so much, by the way, for hanging out. You can find Everything Guide to the Unknown at gttupod.com. Follow at gttupod on all social media to keep up to date with what we're doing when we go live to record. See some of the fun like shorts and stuff that we've been posting, which have been a really good time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'd love it if you would consider sharing the show or writing an Apple Podcast review. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge. If you have a minute. Yep. And you can also follow us online. Yep. I'm at Chillin' Kristen. I'm at The Myth Traveler. So we'll see you next week for more weird, unexplained stuff that maybe we'll just fully explain. And Yeah, right. <laughs> you'll go, oh, okay. Oh, I got it. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. That's our spaceship taking off. It's actually, we are from Roswell. We are. That's right. And we travel. We're aliens. And, and uh, twist, we travel via balloons. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
We just hook them to the back of our pants and <laughs> let them take us for just a ride. Float up a series of balloons. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the house from Up, but it's just yeah. us at the bottom dangling. Yep. Letting it take me. It's taking me. It's taking me. <laughs>